Hey, pals, welcome to Team Up Moves. I'm Fiona. And I'm Stephanie, and this is the podcast where we play superhero-themed role-playing games and then we talk about them. Yes, it is that very podcast. And we've got a new run starting this week. We've got a new game. Stephanie, what are we playing? We are playing C Issue X by Chris Longhurst. And this is one of those games you play with a deck of cards. It can be a solo journaling game, though we are playing it multiplayer. And it's a game where the cards that you draw for yourself and the mini decks that you create simulate not just one superhero story, but the way superhero stories in a long-running series make callbacks and have recurring characters and retcons and change the story as you go. Now, the way that it's going to work mechanically is that our two players, Stephanie and an amazing special guest we'll get to in a second, are going to start out as their characters and kind of as the writer of their characters with a very small deck of cards, just like eight cards out of the pack. And they are going to start writing on those things that represent their powers, the people they know, the principles they uphold, and the places that are important to them. And then we're going to play through pre-written arcs. And each of these arcs has prompts that tell you to draw some cards from your deck, assign them to different statements that tell a story, and then maybe even write on them as well. If you are going to face a villain and you put a blank card down on that spot, you get to write in the name of the new villain. And then that gets discarded, that gets shuffled up, and as Steph said, that's then going to come back in future stories. That means this game not only uses your deck of cards, but generates a uniquely marked deck of cards that you can use to keep playing with the same characters in the same world if you want to play C issue X again and again. We had an amazing time and an absolutely phenomenal guest who's 100% perfect for what we asked him to do. So, so much so. Steph, anything else to say? Let's meet our guest. Let's go to the tape. All right, let's get into it. Stephanie, how are you doing this morning? Very much ready to inhabit a character and enter a superhero world. Uh-huh. You got a deck of cards, got a Sharpie, gonna mark this all up. I have a beautiful, deep blue deck of cards and several Sharpies. All right, well, we're about to make a memento, and we're going to do it with a pal of yours, a new pal of mine. Steph, who are we playing with today? We are playing with the illustrious, the charismatic, the brilliant, and the esteemed Connor Goldsmith. The oh, host. Stop. No, you are those things. <laughs> you are those things. Uh, Connor is is the known to me primarily as the host of the superb X Men and X Continuity podcast Cerebro, where he interviews a distinguished guest every episode about a different Marvel mutant or mutant adjacent character. He is also a writer and a literary agent. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Steph has been on my podcast twice, so... Self-friend. Yeah, that's how that works, right? At a certain point. (laughs) Well, we're very excited to have you, Connor. I think, I I hope this game is is very much up your alley as far as... uh, Oh, it is. I mean, when, when when you told me about it, I was like, oh, this is... Like retcons are what I talk about all day long on my show. So it's fun. This this concept is cute. How many Zaladines worth of cuteness is it? 
That's tough because Azalea is like a measure of issue numbers. So we'll have to see how popular these characters get after we create them, right? I'm hoping for several Zaladanes. I would hope so too. For Fiana's edification, a Zaladane is 12 issues because that is how many times the character Zaladane, who is a ridiculous dinosaur witch, has appeared in the pages of Marvel Comics. Uh, and she became sort of a de facto mascot of the podcast somehow. And it's just... Okay. So I, I, I measure other characters' appearance counts by how many Zaladanes they have. Okay. So you need to have one full Zaladane to merit an episode of the show about you. And then, you know, characters like Wolverine will have like a hundred Zaladanes or something. And then other yeah. other characters will have like two or three. Uh, so it's a nice way of measuring how widely published a character's been. That is excellent. And now I want to learn all about her because I've never heard of her before. It has led me to do a lot of base 12 math, which <laughs> is not, you know. She claims to be the long-lost sister of Polaris, which would make her the daughter of Magneto. She's been dead since 1991. I would like to bring her back. Marvel knows how to reach me, so. Uh, yeah, you know. I mean, look, it's Krakoa. It's the new era. Anyone can come back. That's what I keep saying. All right. Well, to play this game, you each have your own deck of cards, and we are going to go through the origins of your two heroes. And there hasn't been any prep to this. We're going to create the heroes. Uh, Y'all are going to hear this happening. So you start out by, you know, from your your deck of, of blank cards, take out two of each suit. And the ranks don't matter at all in this game. It's all about the suits. And actually, while y'all are doing that, I can sort of read the description in the rules about what each of those mean. When you say take out two of each suit, we just go through until we find two of each suit. Yep. Okay. So hearts are going to be people that you have an emotional connection with, positive or negative emotions, doesn't necessarily matter, but they're people. Diamonds are your values, your principles, things, virtues you try to live up to, that sort of thing. Clubs are places easy mnemonic there, I suppose. Things you have linked to or alternately organizations that you have been involved with. And then finally, spades are superhero stuff. So your powers, your catchphrases, themes, that kind of thing are all going to be on spade cards. Mm. And so you seed kind of a personal deck with two of each suit and then just shuffle those up. So a personal deck to begin with has eight cards. Yes. Okay. This is your inaugural issue. There is no no backstory yet to contend with. That will change soon. Ah, I dropped a card. I can see that my least favorite part of this game mechanic is going to be the potential to physically drop a physical card like in your lap or somewhere. But what can you do? I think I'm going to just get a different spades card because, you know. Well, I don't think we'll need all 52, so you're probably... It's not like we're DC. We don't need a new 52. Mm. Sorry. We're going to make that joke with every deck-based game. Uh, But I was going to say we might at some point in this game experience a new 50. It seems like that's the kind of shit that happens in this game, so... It it does. We might also have to retcon Jack of Hearts. No? I I mean, I I got it. I'm just, I'm sorry. It's It's not, it's not actually funny. (laughs) No, it's just early morning. I'm still on the West Coast. (laughs) I've got to, I've got to, I'm going to just pour another Diet Coke and we're going to be, I swear I'll be animated as hell real soon. (laughs) Connor is on the West Coast. I have my personal deck of eight. I am up for this. I have my eight cards also. Okay, cool. So take one of each of the suits and you're going to mark them. So get out the marker. For your spade, you're going to say what your superpowers are. For the heart, a person who's important to you. 
For the diamond, an ideal that gives you strength when things are bad. And for clubs, a place that means a lot to you. Maybe we can kind of go and and, uh, you can talk about what you are writing down for each of those. Talk these out? Yeah, sure. Yeah, for starters, what what superpowers are you each deciding to have for your character? I am always a sucker for a magic hero. So I want to go for like, you know mistress of sorcery or whatever, Dr. Strangey kind of stuff, <laughs> I think would be fun. Especially because in a game with an expansive approach to continuity, a power like that that can do different things at the demands of the plot is always helpful. Good, good flexible thing to fall back on. Excellent. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say witchcraft. Ooh, that's very flexible. Yeah. Okay. Is it my turn? Yeah, what superpowers do you have, Steph? Shape-shifting. Okay. Other things are going to get complicated. This one is a s- simple concept. There you go. Uh, so a person who is important to you for, your, for one of your heart cards. I have a loyal retainer of some kind. I'm, I'm rich, like most Golden Age superheroes are, right? So yeah. I have like a valet or chauffeur or something, butler, Alfred-style person. Um, But I'm going to say she's a lady and maybe she's like the chatelaine of my family's home. I am an orphan, of course, because I'm a superhero. So she is the loyal Alfred type who raised me after my parents died in a skiing accident or something, you know? Mm. A, A plane crash, let's say. Um, Because you can turn that into, you can retcon the hell out of that into other things, right? Yeah. So I'm going to name her Doris. Okay. And she is aware of my secret identity and helps me with, you know, evading situations where, oh no, the commissioner is going to see that under my tiny domino mask, I'm actually this woman he already knows. You know what I mean? Whisks you away in your limousine. Yeah, exactly. She She's great with a car. She probably has a mysterious backstory of her own that we'll get to at some mm. point, uh, much like Alfred. Yeah, spinoff TV series in the works. Yeah, I am definitely. just gonna... Yeah, exactly. Doris, the origin story of such and such characters, Housekeeper, is, you know, <laughs> will be soon coming to Paramount+. Plus. Love it, love it. I love it too. Stephanie, do you have a person close to you? I I, I mean, several, but uh, the one who is on this Hearts card is Carolyn Adds, A-D-Z-E, and uh, she has been an eminent archaeologist at the university for some time, or rather at NOSAD, at the art school. And she's my ex. We dated decades ago. I'm older than you'd expect because shape-shifting. And uh, she's, you know, pretty far along in her career as an archaeologist. And we broke up, like... 20 years ago when she discovered that I had concealed my not-quite-human status from her when we were dating. But we have become close since, and she's someone I can always call on for hangouts or emotional consolation or information about ancient Samaria. Love that. I'm giving Doris the last name O'Malley because, again, I'm thinking of this as kind of golden age, so my house servant is like Irish, because that is... (laughs) And she has, like, a charming accent, and it's, like, that kind of vibe to the whole... Love it. Chief O'Hara vibes, you know, like that. That that is very golden age. I am stealing liberally from Batman, because I feel like if you're going to improvise a superhero, you want to basically start with, like, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, 
There's a couple that are like Captain America. There's a couple that like, you know, are pretty archetypal. So I'm kind of doing like, this is a bit of a Doctor Strange, Batman, Phantom Lady mashup is sort of my thought process. And then, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. Yeah, well, and it'll all, it could all go crazy from here. Yeah. (laughs) Something like 40 or 50% of my brain has been colonized by some horrifying hybrid of Claremont Nascenti Simonson comics and like Wolfman Perez Teen Titans. So yeah, you're doing kind of like a mystique warlock Megan kind of thing, which I think is cool. I mean, yeah, it's it's. Well, I know you love like shapeshifters oh, yeah. and like weird aliens and robots and stuff. I do. So, like that makes total sense to me. Whereas, like, I love witches. So, like, oh, yeah. the minute I was like, "What power do I have?" I was like, "Witchcraft." I think the allegation that she's like mystique. Would trouble her. Yeah, sure. But you get what I just mean in terms of like inspo. Oh, yeah. Well, she is like Mystique. She just doesn't want to be. Sure. Oh, of course. But who does? <laughs> if, I mean, I mean, Mystique, well, you might want to look like her. She's pretty. Fit. Well, Mystique loves it. I'm just, but you know, yeah. she's not necessarily like an aspirational figure outside of the be gay, do crimes aspiration that some of us all feel at times. But you know, it's literally on a sign behind me in the background. <laughs> oh, love that. Love that. Yeah. It's one of the more popular TikToks on the Cerebro TikTok is me relating the story of when Mystique tricked Storm into getting depowered instead of Rogue because Destiny had a vision. And Destiny's like, well, did you tell Storm about my vision? And Mystique goes, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is my favorite evil gay crimes laugh that I've ever seen. I'm having that feeling I have when I'm surrounded by people who are more chaotic than me, which is everyone. Oh, yeah. Get ready. So ready. I, I do feel like we did very briefly gloss over the fact that you've just given the art school and archaeology department. And I just want to know if anyone wants to comment on that or if we should just move on. I love that because I think that all universities and superhero comics should have departments that don't make any sense. Like Colleen Wing's father was like the expert of oriental art history or something at like a school that absolutely would not have that department in 1970, you know? Mm -hmm. I hate to do this. I hate to look, but actually, but the art history of antiquity is part of archaeology. And I know at least one person who's got an archaeology degree and teaches at a real life art school. Okay. It is actually a thing because there's so much. I believe that. I just like a whole archaeology department would surprise me, but it doesn't. I didn't say they had an archaeology department. She's an archaeologist. She's an archaeologist who works at an art school doing art history classes. Yeah. And then she goes on, she goes on digs. And then she goes on digs and what? Okay. Yeah. That, that makes like, sense. Is, That's this fine. Is, yeah. This is what the ancient Sumerian griffins with the wings look like and this is like how to draw one and now i'm gonna go to right, and these are the assyrian ones and with the yeah. human faces and here's the this i was a classics major i i did my time in art history of antiquity yes okay now that we've got that cleared up what do we do next fiona <laughs> card number three yeah it's this ideal gives you strength when things are bad. Di- the diamond. This is for the diamond, yeah, yeah. So I am part of a long line of sorcerers and sorceresses in uh, my family, which is probably why my parents ominously died in some way when I was young. It is a tradition that has certain rules and precepts to it, which is why I'm a hero and not a bad guy. And I probably spend a lot of my time fighting people who use magic for bad purposes. Um, But I would say that the core tenet is that those with the power must use it to 
protect people who do not. Mm. So if you have the ability to intercede in a situation, you ought to not necessarily like step in front and go, hello, but like you might maybe in a sneakier way, but there's an expectation of helping others. Charity, I guess, is sort of the, okay. if we want to like make it one word, you know? Well, whatever you can fit on the card. Yeah. So if you want to do the whole like step in front of things, et cetera, you know, no, just I, right yeah, around I'm the just, outside. I, here's the thing about me is I talk around an idea until I get to it. And so there's going to be a lot of that, unfortunately. No need to apologize. That's why my podcast is so long. Because <laughs> the people need to hear the whole thought process. I can't just cut to the part where I figure out what I'm trying to say. Okay. My lesson is... uh or my ideal is when they learn, they will love me. When they know the whole truth, they will, they will approve whoever is affected by the thing I'm doing. They will, they will approve of me. It's deeply unhealthy. I love that. It's deeply unhealthy. Yeah. But it's That's amazing. <laughs> when, when, There's a real unstated like implication to that that I find very compelling. Yeah. I just like that you're already in the Bronze Age and I'm like in very much thinking like it's the 30s, you know, like, but I love that. I mean, it's gonna be fun when we team you two up. You're just like, you're already like, it's the world outside your window, baby. We've got real problems and real concerns and real character flaws. And I love it. (laughs) Thank you, I think. I'm also realizing that we haven't named our heroes. We haven't. Yeah, let's, we'll do that after these cards, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Last last one of these uh, basic, the basics questions. For your club, this place means a lot to you. This is my ancestral home that Doris manages. It's my Wayne Manor. Uh, it's whatever my character's name is, which I'll come up with on the fly in a second, Manor. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it has not a bat cave, but like... An occult library and, you know, a ritual space and other things I might need for plot-related magical shenanigans. Mm. And sometimes I have to comically hide those from normies who are at the house. All right, you're hosting a charity fundraiser. Right, exactly. I'm hosting like a gala and I have to like turn the statue so that the homunculi retract into the walls or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) So there is a store that will fry anything on Friday night. This is true. Does the store have a stable name or is it just the place that will do that? We have not canonically named the convenience store now. I think we might need to because that's my safe place. That's my favorite place. That is the place that I work to stay grounded. And if I don't show up for my part-time job there... I'm not going to feel connected to the human world in the way that I want. Wait, do you run the fryer on Friday nights? I do now. Okay. Would you like to name the convenience store? Um, It's only been a part of our setting for eight months. Yeah. Okay. Connor's going to hate me for this. I believe that the convenience store is named Northrop Fryer. (laughs) I don't get it. I am not going to hate you. Why would I hate you for that? There is a, a famous Canadian writer who had a theory of how all stories work everywhere. He's like the Joseph Campbell of Canada named Northrop Fry. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, this is a place that is more superhero-y than, than Northrop Fry. So it's Northrop Fryer. There you go. Is he the one who wrote the book about Blake? Yes, he, he did. He did a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I'm not like, I'm not a Northrop Fry head, but I do recall... I, I don't think there are very many living. Uh, they're called Fry Guys. Yeah, they are cr- there you go. Right? Oh my God! I mean, I, I we the convenience store can be renamed at any point. It can be under new management, and uh, I will continue to work there uh, if we decide that 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 name is no longer to our liking. But historically, it has been called Northrop Fryer. No, that's fine. That works. I like it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, look, any 
buildings days are numbered in a superhero setting right any of these things absolutely yeah could be flattened could be flattened by the end of the episode we're going to find out okay so you've each written these four things so you now have four marked cards four unmarked cards shuffle those all up and while you do that think of your superhero's name uh my character is named charlotte bishop i don't have a superhero name for her yet i'm thinking so it's stately bishop manor is what i wrote on the card oh that's good Mm. that's good can make some connections there. Unexpectedly difficult here. Um, I think she's called Chimera. I think that's actually her superhero name. Sure. Why not? I am going to call my character... A lady like me couldn't be a doctor back in this time period, so it's probably not Doctor Strange. Uh, no, I'm... <laughs> um, I actually feel like it would be fun if, like her code name changes at some point as it because we are moving through time right like that's how the game works yeah yeah so so this is like her origin code name maybe now yeah so it's like a golden age kind of, mm-hmm. of moment and i feel like i don't want to be too stupid i'm just like they all were like <laughs> they all were like something lady or like something you know yeah she is called well i like the idea that okay so if the shapeshifter is called chimera then let's stick with a kind of Greeky feeling, and uh, she is called the Sybil. Ooh. Okay. And uh, Chimera, does she have a person name that she uses? Right now, the person name is Maggie Cone, C O N E. Changes every 20 or 30 years because of the like not aging right. at human rates thing. All right. So now we are going to find out how did you get your powers? So the instructions here are to, from your shuffled deck, draw two cards. From the personal deck or the blank deck? Your personal deck. Okay. Yeah. So blank deck is, is, is off to the side until we're like, hey, add a couple more cards. Okay. Uh, yeah. So from your personal deck, draw two cards, and then there are some statements, and you get to assign one of them. All right. I have drawn my stately bishop manor place card and an unmarked diamond. Okay. So for those two... You could assign the club to this is the source of your powers, or the diamond is you gained your powers in order to defend this ideal. I would say that the source of my powers is my family lineage, so the location is where I learned magic. Okay. Is there something like in the manor, maybe? Uh, the, yeah, is like I think a, there's a physical ma- manifestation. There's of this? probably like, well, I mean, there's the library, which has all of the, you know, occult texts. And then there's uh, probably, let's just like steal the bat cave. There's like a witch area down. I mean, if I'm the Sybil, then there's like probably maybe gas comes up from the earth at the bottom that I huff sometimes for like insight. Oh my God. That's what, Cause that's what they did at Delphi. I love that. So, yes. You know, I love that. I need to like go down into my witch sauna and like get a little high sometimes. Witch sauna. So radon, your, your, your powers come from radon. Yeah. No, not literally. There, maybe some shrooms grow down there too. We don't know. We'll have to like, it's all, it's all a work in progress. Play to find yeah. out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Do yeah. I have to add any, uh, other things to this card that I'm assigning this? No, it's just, uh, nope. Okay. Nope, once it's already marked, yeah. Let me amend that. Uh, so cards in this game can be marked, and then they can also have a memory. And so the instructions at the end are to write the memory of how you got the powers on the card that you have assigned. Oh, so that was what I was asking. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, while Connor's doing that, Stephanie, what did you draw for your two? So I got the marked diamonds, which are the principle of uh, they will love me once they learn, and the marked spades, which are my shape-shifting power. And I'm going to go with the spades. And 
if the card is marked, my powers are innate and they stem from me somehow, correct? Yep. So um, I was made in a lab. I was made in a lab decades ago. And the idea was to make a substance that was kind of protean and, and could be made into lots of different kinds of organic stuff for medical purposes. Mm-hmm. And surprise, the stuff was sentient. And that's the origin. Uh, I glooped myself into a humanoid form and roamed the escaped and roamed the world learning how to pass for human and what I thought of humankind. And I want them to like me. I'm, I, I can go on. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope, that's good. Okay, there's always more. I am lab goop. All right, so write your memories of glooping yourself together on the card, I guess. Yeah, lab glooping. Keeping track of this in the notebook that the game tells you to have as well. Oh. Lab glooping origin. Okay. All right, now let's get into your first arc. Wait, am I supposed to have a discard pile? Yes. So discard the two cards that you drew into your discard pile. Oh, okay. Okay. So now you're going to draw six cards, which by the math should be your remaining deck. Mm -hmm. And you get to assign four of them to some statements. Now there's two for each suit. And so I can read them off for our listeners quickly, kind of while you're looking through them. PDF, definitely useful for this part. The two prompts for spades are that this became a symbol of your involvement. And again, this is sort of your first arc. This is your using things, kind of coming into being a hero sort of moment. The other spade is, you don't know it, but this is going to be a theme of your adventures. Hearts is, this person was directly threatened by events. Or the other one for hearts is, this person was your direct opposition. Diamonds is ignoring or rejecting this, threatened to bring down disaster, or alternately, this helped you avoid disaster. And then finally, for the clubs, these are the locations. The climactic showdown took place here, or this place suffered heavy damage. So of those six cards, you assign four of them. And you can duplicate suits, like you could, you know, use two diamonds and put one on each of the diamond prompts. It's it's sort of up to you how you want to Build out your first arc. Gotcha. I'm just looking. A lot of choices. Yeah. All right. So, Connor, what is your arc then? First arc for the Sybil. So, the order that I belong to, that my family is part of, has always had this heritable position of the Sybil that uh, is the de facto leader of the group. They are the high priestess, let's say, of the order. So when my mother died, there was a power struggle about all of that. And I have been in the secret occult world that's going on underneath the surface. There are people who support my claim and then people who don't love it. And now that I am in my 20s, I'm trying to take on the role, but there is this guy, uh, I'm going to call him Lord Typhon. (laughs) He's the unmarked heart card. And he is my, he was the personal villain. He attacked He was trying to take the unmarked club. He was trying to get to some item of power that would give him more mystical strength than me so he could defeat me in a duel and claim the right to run the order. That was 
an item of Greek antiquity that was being kept at the archaeology place at the art school. All right. So no sad. Now, is that the climactic showdown took place here or yes. this place suffered heavy damage because you can go either way. I'm not going to I'm not going to damage the poor woman's uh, place. I don't even know her, but uh <laughs> it's that. Just this is a good crossing paths moment. So, uh the showdown at archaeology lab, let's say. All right. We got to get a consulting archaeologist on this show. Yeah, clearly. And I would say Doris, my faithful person, was kidnapped by Lord Typhon to distract me. Like he set up some kind of nefarious trap and I managed to get her out of it. So that was fine, but it cost me valuable time that meant I almost didn't reach the archaeology lab in time. And then one more, right? Yeah, four cards. Right. So... I am going to say that this was the moment that I really claimed my heritage and declared myself the Sybil and all of that. And so I'm going to use the unmarked spade card to represent the order that my parents were part of and that I am now the the leader of. But it's a mysterious order and it's not like we have regular meetings or anything. So, you know, <laughs> it's mostly a plot device element. All right. Excellent. So, how, I mean, how did it resolve? I defeated Lord Typhon in a battle of mystical will and was able to return the relic to its proper place in the archaeology lab after de-cursing Hexigate or whatever. Like, you know, it's 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 now <laughs> an object that's just something that can exist. And because I had rescued old Doris, she was able to smooth things over with uh, the order and everything because she has been working for my family for a long time and knows all the people and was like, well, Lord Typhon's got to go and this and that. Oh, Lord Typhon, he's causing problems, you know, like, and uh, <laughs> they Doris. they locked him up and they locked him up in like spell jail from which he will, I'm sure, eventually escape. Yeah, no spell jail can hold Lord Typhon. No, for not for long, right? So Really anyone, actually. No, spell I mean, that's, jails have it, it, uh, it, just a history it of It has a history of escaping. Yeah, right. So <laughs> they call it Tartarus is their little like spell jail where they keep people. Oh, they're just they're just all in. Really leading. I love that. That's that's good. This is as distinct from speak and spell jail when villains are trapped in a speak and spell until someone makes them speak the correct words. Yeah, no, you know. A little bit Steven Universe. <laughs> are we ready for my first uh defining? adventure? Yeah, Chimera. Tell us about your arc. So this is the first time that I really saved anyone in a memorable way because I've been kind of lurking around and and just trying to to figure stuff out. And Carolyn's student, Aaron Bridge, who is, of course, an art student, decided that he was going to do some a large-scale drawing project based on a whole lot of Sumerian art. And whoops, he copied some magic stuff and manifested a pack of Assyrian griffins and winged demons who attacked New Arcadia and they attacked the art school and they attacked him, and they wanted to transform him into their demon leader, and they attacked Northrop Friar, 
which at the time was new, and uh, I was just a patron. I didn't really have a job yet. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to eat. I can eat. I like eating. Eating is great. But I, I, I was just kind of hanging around, and I had been hanging out with Carolyn for long enough that I knew some of my ancient history and transformed into the goddess Inanna okay. and convinced the demons that I was the new manifestation of the goddess Inanna who had the power and the right to command them to return to their ancestral realm. And that did work. And no lives were lost, but... Aaron has developed a connection to some unhealthy manifestations of ancient Mesopotamian demons who might come back for him or to inhabit him or to transform him. And also the convenience store got wrecked and it is now community owned because a a Save the Small Fry campaign got it rebuilt. And it was after that that I started working there. So I've got out of that a new person, Aaron Bridge, as my heart, Mm -hmm. a new principle, which we neglect at our peril, which is learn the history, (laughs) a story about the rebuilding. I'm not sure why that's funny, but okay. I like that you're always bringing education into things. And I love that. It's it's a wonderful, you know, piece of I mean, really, it's, it's all education, really. I need to learn everything I know. I have no instincts. I was created as goop in a lab, so... Anyway, learn the history okay. and a way that the wrecked place was rebuilt, which is that the Northrop Friar is now community owned and a way of acting to save the day with my powers, which is my new, my unmarked spade card, which is attract attention and draw fire. Okay. So the final thing is to write a memory of the arc on one of those cards that you just assigned. Okay. I wrote down showdown at the archaeology lab. Okay. And the archaeology lab is the card itself, I suppose, right? Yeah. Because that's a location we could return to. There, I prevented Lord Typhon from seizing a cursed figurine of Hecate or something, and we dealt with it. On my heart card uh, that says attract attention, draw fire, I have written down at the Northrop Friar, I stood between the baseline humans and the attacking griffin demons. Awesome. Wait, what what suit did you put that on? Uh spades. Okay. You said hearts. Oh, I'm sorry. No, spades. So is that a principle? What spade card did you put that on? Attract attention, draw fire. Spades are for your powers, but they're also for the way that you use your powers. And it says Gotcha. Okay. You don't know it, but this is going to be a theme of your adventures. A theme, right. Okay. It's a theme, yeah. Recurring gag. Yeah. Look at me. I'm your new goddess incarnate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um if if you if we want we can bring back Inanna herself, but she's optional. Great. All right. We've got we've got two wonderful heroes, and I think can see how maybe they ran into each other. Let's bring them together. So for our next arc, we are gonna do the adventure arc. So shuffle your discard into your into your deck. We now have eight cards in our deck again, is that correct? Yep. Yep, exactly. Okay, got them. And each of you get two fresh cards of two different suits and put them in the discard pile. Take from the blank card deck yep. two cards of two different suits. Are we picking them on purpose or we're we just drawing cards until we get two that are different suits? Um, Either either way. Okay. So those will be in your discard. And so partway through this arc, you're you're probably going to be reshuffling and then they'll they'll come back in. So if you ever can't draw, reshuffle. Okay. I got a club and a diamond. 
I got a heart of heart and a diamond. All right. So we are going to do an adventure arc together. And the way multiplayer works is that we'll add one card. So if it says draw four cards, we'll draw five. Okay. But evenly between the two of you. So I think a lot of these will be odd numbers and we'll sort of switch back and forth who draws more. Mm -hmm. And then we also assign one more than is than is specified. And so again, that's between the two of you, you'll say like, oh, I'll assign my card over here and someone else say, okay, I'll assign my card to this one. Sure. So a little bit of coordination, I have to do a little bit of describing of what we draw. So we'll kind of see how this works. Yeah. Okay. We are playing over Zoom. Uh, I think at the table, this would be somewhat different, but we're going to make it work. It's going to be great. Right. We can do it. So we're going to start this off with the inciting incident. And so between the two of you, you're going to draw five cards. So... Connor, why don't you do three and, and Steph draw two? And y'all will be assigning three of them to the following statements. And there are four, so I'll just read them out. Spades is, it all began with this. Hearts is, this person was your primary antagonist. Diamonds is, this principle demanded that you act. And clubs is, this is where the incident took place. And so if you want to maybe talk about what you have marked or if you have an idea that you want to put on an unmarked card, but I'll leave this to the two of you to assign three cards. So I pulled three and I pulled the spade that is witchcraft and my superpowers. The heart that is Lord Typhon, told you that super jail spell, spell jail wasn't going to hold him for long. Mm -hmm. And uh, the archaeology lab where my first adventure with him took place which would be a smart place for me to meet this other character since she has a connection to that location as well. So that might make sense. Stephanie, what did you draw? Uh, I got Aaron Bridge, the uh, unfortunate art student who has a habit of summoning ancient Mesopotamian demons. Sure. And the uh, principle of learn the history. Mm -hmm. I like those. So it started with... Okay, so we can say, is he in the archaeology class, this art student? Is that how he summoned the demons and all that? I mean, he was in the archaeology class. I think it was his, his junior project. He was just like, I'm going to draw. He wasn't trying. Okay. He was really into drawing this giant pen and ink thing of Assyrian, like, oops, there were magic glyphs involved, and the demons just showed up. It was like... I mean, he used his own blood, right? Though, So it's like, I don't think he's entirely blameless. Right, this. yeah. So um, what I'm going to say is, let's save Lord... Lord Typhon can stay in spell jail a little while longer. I think it should probably be that something is now going wrong with Mr. Bridge after that whole incident, I would think, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that, what was the spade in this scenario? The spade, you, you've got a spade, right? I do, yeah. The spade is, it, it all began with this. Right, so, and you... <laughs> is your spade unmarked? No, they're all marked is why I'm like oh. thinking about this. So what I'm thinking is, how about we use my club card to go back to the archaeology lab at the school mm -hmm. because Aaron Bridge, who's now our antagonist, is doing something there to seek. Now that he knows demons are real and has been touched by their dark power or whatever, he is feeling drawn to something else. And we need to learn the history if we're going to stop the problem, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that Aaron 
manifest. I think this is where Aaron manifests as the second personality that he's acquired, which is the Griffin. Mm. There you go. And I'm going to set his card aside and he will be referred to going forward as the villain. Mm -hmm. And it is important to remember about Aaron that he is not always the Griffin, that there's really... It's a it's a Dr. Jekyll kind of thing. It's a Dr. Jekyll kind of thing, yeah. But sometimes the Griffin comes out and tries to take over the city and consume souls. Hate when that happens. I know, I know. So we've got some questions about assigning a heart, and I think you've sort of given the answers. But so to be clear, the, the question is, did they get away? And if it's yes, we answer how. And if it's no, then actually they are not the villain and are instead just a tool in someone else's scheme. So which of those would you like? He's your villain, so I'm going to leave that up to you, Steph. So I would like to go with both because, remember, Aaron gets possessed by the griffin. Okay. Right. And uh, Aaron got captured. And is, uh, you know, was going to be tried for the, the Griffin's crimes. But the Griffin, the ancient Mesopotamian spirit that possessed him, left his body when the scheme was foiled and might come back to him or maybe possessing someone else. Ooh, I love that. I love that. I'm not sure what how to follow the instructions there. Did the villain get away? Yes, then how? And if no, then they were tooling someone else's scheme and you put the current villain in, in limbo? Yes. I would say that the villain got away because Aaron himself... I mean, we, we're putting the card... We're saving like, the card, okay. Yeah, because the card is both of them, right? So mm-hmm. I would say that, like, technically, the villain got away. Yeah. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. Okay, the next is the twist. So we're going to draw three cards. And do we, what do we do now? Do we discard? Do we shuffle everything oh, back yeah. in? Take everything that you drew and discard it. Okay. Including the villain card that it just told me to set aside. No, keep that set aside. Okay. So now we get to the twist, and you're going to draw three cards. Steph, why don't you do two, and, and Connor, you draw one. Okay. And then you're going to assign two or three to these twist statements that you can see in your PDF. I drew Stately Bishop Manor with the mystical stuff in the basement and the occult libraries and all that stuff, which I think will work for... Well, I'm going to let you say what the prompts are, but I'm, I'm looking at the PDF and I think that will make sense. Yeah, well, you can, you can read off either. Yeah, so yeah. it says like, this was where you worked, at, this is where you were when you worked out what was going on, which is like, that's exactly what my headquarters is for, right? It's like the Batcave. I go there and solve the mysteries by pouring over ancient tomes and whatnot. And oh my God, here's what the Griffin is, <laughs> you know, or whatever. So that I'm going to assign. Unless, Steph, what did you draw? I do clubs and hearts and I'm going to, want to go with my heart so you can go with your club okay so your heart was it marked or unmarked very marked is it the professor yes it's it's carolyn so she helped us figure out that something was wrong which makes sense because she's the archaeologist yeah yeah all right we've got some we've got some pretty uh sensible continuity going here this is working out pretty uh sensibly so the twist must be actually so you know what the villain didn't get away because the villain was Aaron. And now the twist is she helped us figure out that the Griffin is a possessing entity that has now left and could, could possess someone else. Yeah. So, so whatever the going back, 
because we were not sure exactly how that should work. I think that Aaron was a pawn in the larger scheme of the Griffin spirit, and that's the twist. Okay. All right, yeah, so let's put Aaron in limbo. Okay. And then the villain is still out there. And the villain is still out there. Limbo is not the same as the discard pile. Correct. Okay, so this game involves four piles of cards, blank, limbo, discard, and personal deck. Yes. And sometimes things can be set aside as well. Okay. We got this. We got it. All right, so continuing on with the twist, we're going to draw three cards. Connor, you draw two, and Steph, you draw one this time. And assign two or three to the statements, the villain's scheme is closely tied to their powers. The villain's scheme revolves around superhero stuff. The villain is doing this for someone else. The villain is doing this because of a code, a moral principle, or because they think they must. The villain is carrying out their own scheme from the safety of their hideout. Okay, so I drew the spade card that is like my mystical order and the heart card that is my loyal chauffeur, butleress, Doris. Hmm. I don't think she makes sense. So the villain's scheme is closely tied to their powers. How does, if my cards are marked, how does that, does that like not, do anything here? It doesn't seem to. Yeah, I think in this in this section, the contents of the cards, yeah, don't matter. Okay. It's just we're we're just picking the vibes. All right. So vibes then. The Griffin doesn't seem like someone who'd act on the behalf of others. So I think Hart is probably out. Yeah. Uh Stephanie, what did you pull? I got spades, and it doesn't matter what's written on this card, I guess. Right. So we both are looking at spades then. So yeah. I think that that's gotta be the answer. And it would make sense because his power is to be a possessing entity. So presumably he's looking for a powerful host to inhabit that he can then use to steal the souls of the people of New Arcadia. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think he he wants both to steal souls and to conquer territory. So he needs someone more powerful than Aaron who was just some kid. Yeah, Aaron's not cutting it, really. Right. Ooh, so he's looking for someone else to possess. He's looking for the body that he can can stay in forever. Yeah, Yeah. and it's like apocalypse vibes, you know, like with Cable and and Strife and all that. Yeah, okay, okay. Or Malice and Polaris, it's like one of those. I think we're more on more of a Malice vibe. The the difference... Yeah, Malice vibes, for sure. The difference difference being the biggest difference being that the griffin is called the griffin because he actually summons literal griffins like giant wing flappy beaky attacky animals mm-hmm. that that will hurt you body and soul body and soul his vaunted power to summon griffins uh-huh. <laughs> sorry we're just chris claremonting now but uh no i love are it. we I ever it. are we ever not chris are we ever not you know so. I, i'm told we're not i have it on good authority that we're never not so do we discard these ones that we drew now uh yes okay. and then then we'll just sort of also then answer the the question of how did this information that you got lead to the showdown because i think you've worked out the villain scheme sort of the way that you described it mm-hmm. so how does this lead to the showdown So this is a different battle from the one that we've been thinking about earlier. This is an upcoming battle with the Griffin to prevent the Griffin from seizing a new body that, or or if the Griffin does seize a new body, it's about what basically what the twist did, the information is we figured out what the Griffin wants, which is to possess a powerful magic user of some kind. And actually I drew, like, I know that the cards don't matter, but the one I drew was my mystical order. So maybe he's trying to get inside the head of one of like the elders of my magical society. And I have to now figure out, we have to figure out who has been targeted and who the, you know, who we need to protect 
from the griffin, but perhaps we'll be too late and someone's already possessed and then fight, 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 and we'll have to exercise, do an exorcism or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. This information led to the showdown because we figured out who the griffin was trying to possess. Well, we figured out the griffin's trying to possess someone, and so then it's like a race against time because there are like six powerful witches and warlocks in this region who he might possess, you know? Yeah. So. We have to make sh- check on all of them. So just discard the cards that you pulled. And since there's no villain card out there, they now reveal themselves. Right. You need to draw a new heart and make it the Griffin card. I got it. Okay. Got to wait for the white stuff over to dry so I can put black stuff on the white stuff. Okay. And then you'll set that aside as the villain. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have set the Griffin card aside. Okay. Stephanie, you draw two cards. Connor, draw one. And we're going to assign two to the statements to describe the showdown. So it's either spades, you catch the villain in the act, hearts, the villain menaces this person, or hearts, the villain teams up with this person. Spicy. Mm. Diamonds is the villain calls you out or issues you a challenge based on this principle. And there's a clubs that is you catch the villain here although they're not engaged in open villainy at the time. It's just a meat key. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Friday night and they're getting something deep fried. Oh, no. Yeah, you never know. Uh, so I drew the diamond card that is about protecting others and from magical harm, which makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. for this. I mean, if he issues the challenge, hey, bitch, I'm going to eat everybody's souls with magic using the body of one of your associates, then I probably do have to step up. So I'm going to you assign have to that rise one. to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And so uh, it says to write down, I will always defend the principle. I will always protect people from evil magic. Cool. All right, Stephanie, do you want to assign one of your cards? Yes. So I've got another principle, which I don't want to use if I can use an unmarked clubs card for a location. Yeah. You catch the villain here, although they're not engaged in open villainy at the time. Uh, where, where did you bump, where did you into, bump into the griffin? The costume shop. <laughs> the costume shop. You know, I think that the griffin who has to have the griffin while waiting to make an approach to the super powerful magic users of the Order of the Sybil. And after fleeing the captured, unfortunate body of Aaron Bridge, has been hanging out in a series of jackets and dresses at New Arcadia's leading provider of theatrical costumes, Halloween costumes, costume costumes, and hero and villain costumes, uh, which I think is called Custom Costumes. Sure. We may have to rename it later after it gets destroyed. (laughs) I'm hanging out at Custom Costumes because I would like to be better at shape-shifting and into, you know, clothing that, that looks right. And I realize that one of the things on the historical costume rack just doesn't look right. It's got this kind of static electricity vibe. It's got pictures of wings that look too real. It seems like the griffin is hiding in this kind of retro tunic and uh, regenerating, biding their time, waiting to inhabit a magic user. All right. Maybe the costume shop is owned by one of the witches of my order. Like, yes. that's her business. And so that's the person that he's chosen to target. Yes. Do you want to name her? Yeah, sure. Her name is 
Cynthia Stone. All right. So Cynthia's costume costumes. Yes. Cynthia's costume costumes. Okay. I was I wanted to give it a C because yes. Get the C in there. You were we were on the same page though. It was like alliteration, <laughs> one syllable last name. We're still in like the sixties, I think. So, you know. Oh yeah. You want like a Stanley vibe a little bit okay. to the name schemes. Yeah. You you want a Stanley vibe. To the I, names. I I'm a female character. I don't want that big a Stanley vibe. No disrespect. <laughs> No disrespect to the late Stan Lee, an absolute legend, but the women did a lot of cooking and cleaning. Yes. And not a lot of adventuring. Anyway, what's next? <laughs> yeah, so we're going to, let's 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 get the climax. Let's get the showdown. Let's get the big thing that's happening. Seven total cards. So we must need to reshuffle our deck, right? Yeah, so if you draw and then if the deck is empty, reshuffle your discard. Okay. So some of those blanks that we put in at the very beginning of this arc mm-hmm. are now going to be sort of seeded into there. And so, Connor, you grab four. Steph, you grab three. Okay. okay. And you'll need to do five assignments across those seven. What, what do you all have? Marked, unmarked? Start tossing them out. Um, again, you're going to have five assignments off of this whole list. Uh, so I, I won't read them out, but as you assign them, you can call them. So I drew... The Order of the Sybil. Again, I'm actually going to call it that now that because I liked it when, when Steph said that. So I pulled them out, which makes sense because they're the, 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 the Cynthia is the target, right? Mm-hmm. And then I pulled again, I will always defend people from evil magic. Uh, and then I pulled an unmarked diamond and an unmarked club. I've got uh, Carolyn again, an unmarked diamond, and my shape shifting powers, which come with my origin as Lab Goop. Yes. Let's see. So spades is we pit our powers against each other in open conflict or someone's powers run out of control or some other superhero business distracts us. I think that's a little, we we probably don't want to do that right now. And then uh, heart is you and the villain somehow make a genuine connection or this person is instrumental in the villain's defeat. And I think that should be Caroline, right? Yeah, she's she's the expert on this stuff. Exactly. So that makes sense to me. And she was there because she's been tagging along with us while we've been researching the Griffin, I assume. Yes. And this is when I learn about your romantic history together and mm-hmm. all the backstory comes out and yada, yes. yada, yada, right? <laughs> yes. So then I would say that I'm going to say the order card is, I'm going to use that spade, like I fight Cynthia possessed by the Griffin in an open like duel of magic while Caroline tries to figure out the exorcism or whatever. Yeah. So it says collateral. What does that mean? So that's going to come in at the very end. So note down that there was collateral. Just mark collateral? If any of the options that you chose are marked with collateral threat or connection, then there's instruction. So collateral means that uh, we get to destroy something. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah, there's going to be collateral damage because of gotcha. your hitting okay. your powers against each other in open conflict. Well, yeah, I bet the I bet the costume shop is going to get pretty fucked up. Oh no. Yeah, I think so. Has the costume shop been destroyed? Do I write that down? Is that part of our story? Well, hold on. Uh, we'll get to that at the end, yeah, once we've assigned these things. Okay. So how many are we assigning here? Four of them? A total of five. Five. So that was two, Caroline and my order. So I have a club and a diamond that are unmarked completely. Ooh. 
I like this organization shows up to help. Oh. If unmarked, and it's an organization which exists to control or oppose super people. Hmm. Why are they helping you? How do you feel about them getting involved? And I think that this, for me, is... And we're in we're in Pennsylvania, right? Roughly, yeah. So this is like oh, East Coast. This is a Puritan thing. Like it's like a hunter, like witch hunter kind of Malaeus Maleficarum type group that Ooh. tamps down on. Like I'm trying to protect people from evil magic with my magic that may or may not be evil. These people want magic to get lost. Oh, that's good. What are they called? They are called... It could just be called the the, the, the mallets. They're called the, they're called the hammer, yeah. The hammer, okay. The hammer or the mallet? Well, the Malleus Maleficarum yeah. is... Yeah, the hammer, right. So. Yeah, for, for those listening along at home, this is an infamous and popular early modern Renaissance text about how to find and hunt down witches and why witches are terrible. And it's uh, one of my professors... Uh, a while ago, called it uh, the most evil book in the history of the Western world. Oh my goodness. It's a pretty evil book. I, I think Mein Kampf is up there, though. I don't know. Sure. There's Critical some... of the Elder Zion. There's a, <laughs> yeah, a there's lot of like, choices. I, I feel like there's a, you know, the what's that one that's... Uh, it's a bunch of them. That one about the slave rebellion that's like the Turner Diaries. Oh, yeah. There's a like, whole... There's some... We don't need to keep listing We don't need to list evil books. <laughs> but, but the point is it's a witch hunting guide and... Uh, it, it's bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, at least one more, maybe, if you, y'all got it in you. Okay. Yeah. So the hammer, are you going the hammer or the mallet for the I said the, I said the hammer because okay. I think it sounds okay. scarier. Yeah. And I, I don't feel good about them getting involved, to be clear. Uh, and they that card ha- has threat in this scenario. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So do you want to play another one? Because I've done two and you want to do one? I'm trying to figure out how to use the shape-shifting powers card. I think, wait, I've, I've got it. The villain is unable to use their full strength against you because of some code or moral restriction. That's a, that's a diamond one. Yeah. That's a diamond one. I've got an unmarked diamond. And um, that seems uh-huh. curious to me. What do you think it would be? The code is that the griffin has to obey instructions in cuneiform. Okay, so like you can you can create a uh, a tablet of some kind that yeah, but it has to be carved into stone, and it only works once. But Caroline is able to figure that out and use something that like hold up some kind of apotropaic talisman that prevents the Griffin from eating my soul. I guess no, you had to we we had to do it. She explained what to carve, and then we had to find some stone, like something in the pavement, like some granite. Sure, but like we 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 just we'd established that she was key to yeah. solving the. She the told us riddle. what to yeah. carve. You cast a spell that enabled me to turn into a badger with talons so sharp I could carve stone, because otherwise I'd just be a badger. And under the strength of that spell, giving my talons super, uh, you know, just super density, uh, I was able to carve in cuneiform the instructions to go away and stop possessing the people of the city, which worked, but not forever. It's a banishment. It's it's the exorcism. It's how we get the, uh, it's it's a taboo that forces the griffin out of Cynthia. Exactly. Go away from this place. This place is forbidden to you. Gotcha. Okay, so um, 
We actually have one of each of these. So if any of the options you chose are marked with collateral threat or connection. So there was collateral because of that open witchcraft fighting. Mm -hmm. Connor, choose any club card in your personal deck. If it's marked, amend it. If it's unmarked, mark it with ruins of place. Okay. Is the costume shop a card that we already have in Stephanie's deck? Actually, yeah. If that's in Stephanie's so deck, we, we should just... we should do that there. Yeah. Okay. So just put the like damaged costume shop, you know? Okay. We can, yeah, we can rebuild it probably. It has been damaged. It's a damaged costume shop. <laughs> Sorry, Cynthia. <laughs> okay. So then threat, this is from the hammer. Yes. Innocents were endangered. If you ignored them to focus on the villain, people died. Take a fresh diamond card from your blank deck, mark it with either a promise to respect the sanctity of life or a callous statement about priorities. Hmm. Alternately, if you abandon the villain to save the innocents, everything is fine, but the villain gets away. That's a little tricky with connection, which we also have, which makes the villain get away. You and the villain share a new understanding, which may change your relationship with them when they show up in future arcs. Also, they get away. We've established that the villain got away. The villain has been right. so, dispelled. So I think basically that you must have used the tablet because I had to stop my my duel with Cynthia Griffin briefly to protect some innocence when Hammer like bombed the store to try and kill the thing inside. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's right. So you, you were actually sort of going to win when it came right down to like magic v. magic. Yeah, but, but I had You had to, to stop right. and save people. Yes. Yeah. And then it was like, badger fallback plan. So the only recourse was the was the tablet that banishes the, the demon. So now it's out there again, but at least these people were not killed. Cynthia has been saved, although her shop is pretty messed up. And now we know about the looming threat of Hammer that seeks to eradicate all magic. Oh, excellent. So finally, connection. And this is coming out of the villain unable to use their full strength because of some code or moral restriction. And it's you and the villain share a new understanding which may change your relationship with them when they show up in future arcs. Also, they got away. I guess that that's, we now understand that the Griffin is bound by certain principles that we were not yeah. aware of, like mystical principles, which yeah. could uh, impact stories in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it's sort of, you maybe were thinking about it as more of a malicious force, but actually But actually it's, now it's like, it seems like it's an, some kind of natural entity that has to be yeah. bound in certain ways. And maybe, maybe there's an even bigger force directing it. Like, we don't know what yeah. that is. My goodness. All right. Write the memory of the arc on one of your assigned cards. Okay. And then put anything set aside into the discard pile. I'm going to put that on Hammer. Yeah. Oh, we have to put it on one of the cards that we actually chose, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think that's... that. We've only used one of my cards, so we're going to have to put that on Carolyn. Okay. Yeah, Memory of the Exorcism. I'm writing Memory of the Showdown at Custom Costumes. All right, let's leave it there for this week. Come back next week for one more adventure from Chimera and the Sybil as we do the big time arc. And these two go from saving the city to probably the whole world. This run, we've been playing Sea Issue X by Chris Longhurst. You can find it and his other games on his itch page, potatocubed.itch.io. Check the show notes for a link. Team Up Moves, a production of Fiona Hopkins and Stephanie Burt, copyright 2023. 
We love to chat, even if we don't always love being on Twitter. You can find us as at TeamUpMoves there and TeamUpMoves at Dice.Camp on Mastodon. Our website, where you can sign up for our free email newsletter that comes out monthly between runs, is TeamUpMoves.Camp. Our theme music is Play by Sleepyhead. Find more of their music at sleepyheadrockband.com. And finally, if you want to help us out, the best thing that you can do is tell a friend about the show. Drop a link on Reddit, in your discords, tweet, publish about it, what have you. We appreciate anything you can do to spread the word. Take care, pals. 